So, when I was a kid, I had two very peculiar habits. Uh, the first habit I had, and when I say a kid, I'm talking about around 6th or 7th grade. Um, the first habit I had was I would end all of my sentences by making a noise. In effect, I was verbalizing the uh, punctuation. So I'd be like, hey, let's go get some ice cream. Hey, do you want to go play some baseball today? I don't know. I really like Indiana Jones. It was as if I didn't have any faith in anyone to know that the sentence I was saying was over. And I don't remember specifically breaking this habit. Um, I'm assuming that I broke it because it became harder and harder to get people to talk to me. Uh, the second habit, and I do remember breaking this habit, and this one also was around 6th or 7th grade, uh, was I had a mole removed when I was younger, and it left a little bit of a scar, and it was on my abdomen. And for whatever reason, and I, this is particularly happening happened when I was in a car, I would I would have to touch it with my finger. Like I would just feel this overwhelming urge to like just touch it and keep my finger on the scar like I was like I was pushing a button. It was like I had a security blanket fused onto my skin. And even as a kid I realized this is a weird thing to do. I need to I need to stop. So um on a, a longer car ride, it must have been a summer vacation. Um, I decided that I was not going to touch uh, the scar, no matter how badly I wanted to. So as the car ride uh, got longer and longer, and we were getting closer to our destination. Like I, I was, I was sweating, and my brain was like, "Just touch it, touch the scar. It's gonna be okay." And like I really was trying to fight it. So I looked like this little crack addict in the back of the car, I'm nauseous and I'm sweating and I'm getting a little bit dizzy and my mom looks over and she's like, do we need to pull over? Are you okay? And I knew I couldn't tell her that the reason this was happening was because I was trying to get over this weird thing I had going on in my brain. Even as a kid, I knew, nope, don't bring that up. That's going to lead to therapy. So I just fought it and fought it and fought it. And it did work. I broke it. But that was one of the longest trips to Wisconsin ever. Hi there, and welcome to Storytime Explosion. As you may have guessed, today's episode is about habits and people's attempts to try to break them. It's pretty funny. I think you're going to enjoy it. My name's Mike Fotis. Let's get started. Hi, Mike. This is Andy for the bad habits that you know is um, younger. Well, a lot of my youth, I uh, sucked my thumb probably till I was I think in fifth or sixth grade. And there was really, you 
you know, my parents were sort of were worried about it, of course, because there was all, you know, you're going to have a an overbite, and kids who suck their thumb can have a lisp, and I got I got none of these things, but uh, my parents did have the <clears throat> uh, dipping my thumb in hot sauce before I went to bed, and this is great for two reasons. The first one is um, most of the reason the kids suck their thumbs is because they're not getting met with certain emotional needs. But my parents' solution was Louisiana hot sauce which then gave me a hunger for hot sauce, which then transferred into a hunger for spicy things to make up for the lack of my emotional fulfillment. So that's exciting. If you ever see anybody checking this out, give them a little hug for Andy. Hey, this is James, and this is a story about kicking the habit of Englishness, I guess. <clears throat> I remember that the summer of 1990, the summer of six, after sixth grade, was long and hot in Springfield, Missouri. It was my second summer in the United States. My family had moved from Bristol, England the previous year, and I was still trying to get the hang of being an American kid. Uh, my dialect and all of my mannerisms were extremely English, which made me kind of a novelty to the teachers and the other kids in my school. I was in social studies class one day, and another teacher interrupted the, the lesson while accompanied by a third teacher, a friend of hers, and she made me demonstrate the cute way that I said water for her friend. I said it water, and I was mortified. So things like that happened all the time, and it didn't take me long to resolve that my mission should be to lose my accent and my mannerisms. I wanted to be an American kid like the ones I saw on TV and at school, so I'd watch hours of Nickelodeon doing my best to mimic the hard R's of the kids on shows like you can't do that on television or Family Double Dare and Hey Dude. It didn't matter to me that a bunch of those shows featured Canadian kids. They sounded American to me. Uh, one of the hardest things to unlearn was colloquialism or slang. And one phrase that I particularly admired was, you heard me, as in, what did you say, Alanis? You heard me. So on this particular day in 1990, I needed to stave off the boredom of another day spent inventing new sports using a deflated tetherball, then playing them against myself and doing the play-by-play -play announcement while I simultaneously won and lost the championship match. So I walked to the neighborhood swimming pool and saw Erin Staley with a handful of her friends there. Erin and I were friends in high school, but all I knew about her in sixth grade, despite the fact that she and I were in the same class the previous year, was that she was friends with Tara Forschler, and Tara had been my girlfriend, sort of. One of the things that I've been taught about America is that you weren't supposed to think girls were gross. Greg McDaniel told me that American boys had girlfriends and that I should get one too, so I did. And one day I passed a note to Tara Forschler with the customary yes-no-maybe response options, and minutes later we were going together. And there was less than a week left in the school year, and that was the first and last interaction I had with Tara that school year. So when Erin walked up to me at the pool, she said in the snottiest tone of voice imaginable, are you still going out with Tara Forschler? And I said the only thing I could think of, which was um, which was Die Hard. And I guess the movie had just come out or something. It's the only American thing I could think of. And she looked confused, and she was like, what did you say? And I was ready. So I said, you heard me. And I turned and walked away. And uh, I felt pretty stupid, but I guess kind of American. Hi, my name is Scott, and I have a story about quitting caffeine. Several years ago, 
I had a six-bottle of Mountain Dew-a-day habit. Every morning, I would pick up a six-pack of 20-ounce bottles of Diet Mountain Dew, and I would drink them throughout the course of the day at work. Well, a friend of mine uh, won a trip to Jamaica and decided to take me, and I thought I would use that as an opportunity to quit caffeine cold turkey. Oh, what a mistake that was. I got to Jamaica on the first day, and the combination of the glaring sun and the heat made my head practically explode. I was laying on the beach and in utter, utter pain, and here I am in paradise. The next day, I decided to try to take scuba diving lessons. Well, my head was still throbbing. Can you imagine trying to go underwater for the first time in a scuba apparatus without Without a feel with the head just pounding, pounding, pounding. Oh my God, the pain was unbearable. But after two days of this absolute agony, it worked. I was, my headaches were gone and I didn't drink caffeine again for another, I'd say about another year and a half. Uh, since then I've added it back into my diet, but at much, much, much lower volume than I had been. Uh, consuming at that time. That was, that, I guess that really was the ultimate goal of trying to quit caffeine. So I am no longer dependent on it to get through my day, but I do occasionally enjoy it. Thanks. This is Eric McEwen, and this is the story about when I stopped drinking for a year. This was in college, uh, my sophomore year. I was in Corey Anderson's room, who uh, you would know as my improv partner for the Mustache Rangers. And it was, I believe, a weeknight on Wednesday, sometime when you wouldn't normally be drinking if you were a normal person. And so, and so there wasn't really anything around to drink. We hadn't gotten someone's brother to get us bush light for a weekend or anything like that. But there was this horrible bourbon, just disastrous, that sat there untouched. And there was a post-it note over it that said Captain Morgan, and that there were quotation marks around that. And I don't know what got us to drinking that night. But uh, Corey and I uh, made the best of that as we could. This was the um, Thunderbird of bourbon. It was just terrible. And so the key to get that down is to drink it as quickly as possible. And as the night progressed, I forget what happened entirely um, until I wake up the next morning. And I look in the bathroom mirror and I have a gigantic red welt uh, in the middle of my forehead. And so I go down to the cafeteria for breakfast. And I I meet Corey and, and Sean and everybody down there. And I ask them, guys, where did this come from? Pointing at my forehead. And they say, well, you don't remember? That is when our friend Sky uh, decided to leave the room. And you jumped down and grabbed onto his leg and asked him not to leave. And Corey thought it would be a great idea to jump on my back, sit on me, and say, giddy up fishy. At which point, apparently, I decided to flop up and down on the floor like a fish. And as you know, dorm room floors are very thinly carpeted with cement right underneath there. So I was just smacking my forehead against the floor over and over, being a fish. And that's when I took a break um, from the drink. Thanks. 
Gold out, huh? Yeah, you know, it's not too bad. Taking a break? Yeah, we get two of them every day, two breaks. 15 minutes. 15 minutes, you gotta take them. Usually I stay inside, but I thought I'd come out today. Oh yeah, you gotta get out, you know, that that cubicle, that, that, you know, it'll kill you. Oh yeah, it gets into your soul, it sort of eats you alive. Oh man, oh man. Oh. You're a smoker, huh? Oh, you know, you know, you gotta do something when you're out here, right? Am I right? I guess so. Yeah. Uh, uh, you don't? No, no, oh. I don't. I don't. I, I was raised better, I guess. I'm kidding. Yeah. <laughs> I'm kidding. Yeah. I'm, it was a joke. I'm sorry. All right. Yeah. I don't. I don't really see how that's funny. What? It's just. I mean, you're out here. It's 30 degrees outside. Yeah. I'm. I'm outside. I am enjoying. I, I'm enjoying nature. You don't think you're just a slave to that, to that cigarette? Uh, I mean, uh, would you be out here otherwise? Well, you, you got two 15-minute breaks, so you got to take them. I'm just saying, if you didn't smoke, maybe you'd be inside the break room. What? There are scrabble boards. Who plays, who, 15 minutes to There's play? There's a group of us. Look, There's really? There's a group of us that play scrabble. We have two, two times a day. You play 15 minutes worth of scrabble. Yeah. That's what we do. And then we just trust that no one will touch the board. It takes me like 20 minutes to come up with one word. Well, the games take a while. Well, I guess so. But this, this cigarette is like perfect. Because I can smoke two of them and half of a third in 15 minutes. You could smoke two. I can smoke two cigarettes and then... Half of a third. Half of a third? Half of a third cigarette. What is half of a third? Like the third cigarette. Like oh, I've half smoked... of a third cigarette. Yes. I get I thought you were talking about the fraction. No, I'm not talking like a sixth of a cigarette. See, you Cause... play Scrabble? Yeah, well that's why I, I was wondering why you didn't. I'm glad just you say... don't play math Scrabble. No, I knew what it was. I just wondered why you didn't say a sixth. No, who would smoke a sixth? Of a cigarette. Well, depending on time, that might be all you're able to smoke. Well, that is just ridiculous. And if you what? If you're gonna smoke a sixth of a cigarette, just save it. Are you even enjoying a cigarette if you're smoking two and a little bit of a third? Well, I'll tell you, I'm not. I'm not enjoying a cigarette right now with you berating me about it. Listen, there's a reason I came out here. There is. Yeah. We were watching. You know how the. Sorry, I'm laughing. It's just uh, we we were playing Scrabble, and you know the window. We could look down at you guys. Oh, I you, see. Uh, I see. You really smoke weird. What do you mean I smoke weird? Well, everybody else out here looks like they get it, and you look like every time you smoke, it's like you're smoking for the first time. I I I hold my cigarette in a European style. Really? Yep. Because it looks like it's just too heavy for your hand. No, no, that's that's how the Europeans. I, when I was in Belgrade, this is how I saw it. Is that where smoking. you went? That's where I went last year. Yeah. So year. So prior to that, you smoked more normally. Yeah. Like John Wayne. Well, not like John Wayne. Well, nobody but smokes like John Wayne. Like um, James Dean. I don't. Did he smoke? I don't know who that is. Oh. He's, uh, that's besides the point. No, in Europe, they hold it between the thumb and the pinky, uh, sort of uh, cupping it. Does it get more smoke? Oh, yeah, yeah. You get more of the aroma of, of, of tobacco in the, uh, in, in the palm of your hand. And then you can carry that with you until your next smoke break or lunch. Ah. 
or the end of the day. Whichever comes first. I guess. Mm. Well, I gotta go upstairs and make a move. You should really, when you come outside, have a hat and coat on. It's cold out. You're right. I didn't think about it. I have a, a chance to make a triple word score. I have a Q and five blank tiles. <laughs> I don't know. So really, I could come up with any word I want. You really but could. But I'm not going to get a lot of points. No, I wanted the Q is worth 10. So 30. 30 points. I'll get about 30 points. And that's not Even bad. if I did quail. Well, yeah. Quail wouldn't be a great word to use. Well, but I mean. Just use two, A is one. Yep. I and the, L are one, I believe. No, the L is two. Is it two? I think oh, so. That wouldn't be a terrible yeah. word. I could kick your butt at Scrabble. Well, you gotta quit smoking first. Uh, What's your name? Rocco. Well, that's the episode. Hope you enjoyed it. Especially the little sketch at the end. That's going to be happening more and more often. Okie dokie. Bye.